Dr. Stephen Bach. He's one of the foremost Lyme specialists on the planet. Can you just spend a few minutes and give us a little bit of your background? Yeah, well, um, I started out in board certified in family practice in upstate New York, which which is like the epicenter of Lyme. And uh, very soon after I was doing family practice, I became interested in integrative medicine. It's interesting. I went to a seminar and there were about seven doctors there who were interested in integrative alternative medicine. And we talked and we said, hey, you know, this is great. So we met every three months in a hotel and it got bigger and bigger. We had 14 people, then 21 people. So I, I just really got into integrative medicine on top of my family practice. Then I did acupuncture. Um, then because I was seeing a lot of Lyme patients with, you know, immune problems and chronic pain and, you know, cognitive difficulties, I got interested in Lyme. And I think at that time, ILADS was not in existence. This was probably 36 or 37 years ago. That's when I found out about a Herx and, you know, things that as in medical school, you don't learn about. And so I just gradually uh, found more, you know, learned more about Lyme. And then as I saw more and more patients, the patient levels got difficult and it's just been kind of uh, carrying on from there. So how I would classify my practice is I, it's an integrative um, tick-borne disease practice. So what that really means is I treat the patient that has Lyme. I don't treat Lyme disease you know, because sometimes, you know, IDSA, which is Infectious Disease Society of America, hey, three weeks of antibiotics and that takes care of Lyme, but we know that that's not true. Because over time now, over the last 25 years, we've learned so much more about co-infections. We've learned about things that happen to the body when you get Lyme, like inflammation, like mast cell, which is activation of your allergy cells or your sentinel cells, which can create all different kinds of symptoms. So the patient coming in with Lyme disease just has a, a myriad of symptoms and it's really important to differentiate that. And one of the things that I find is primary care doctors take a Lyme test, it's negative. And then they say, the patient's in front of them with all these symptoms that we don't have Lyme, I don't know what you have. And then they send them to what I call the usual suspects, which is psychiatrist or cardiologist or neurologist or GI. And they don't look from that view that you were saying of what is going on in this patient and, and what's causing their dysfunction. Yeah, that's really interesting that you mentioned that. It kind of makes me think about when before we got together today, I was kind of thinking through our friendship and our history together. And, you know, so much has changed. I didn't realize that you went back 36 years. I was just thinking about you going back 20 years. Like what has, like what's changed for you being sort of, sort of in the forefront, sort of a pioneer from a practicing point of view um, in the whole Lyme process? Like, you know, what, what do you think has changed for the better and you know what hasn't changed like i know there are certain rules so many doctors you know are kind of stuck by those rules that's what i sort of love about your multi-discipline approach because 
you're looking at that integrated functional piece, you're really looking at the patient and how they're presenting and addressing that, not just looking at textbook stuff. And that separates you from everyone else. So give, give the audience, the viewers, we're hoping to have a whole bunch of people looking at this and not just for the month of May, but over time. So what kinds of things have you seen happen in the industry that, you know, that you're happy about, you're not so happy about, you know, can you give us a little bit of a cue on that one? Well, I, I think things have changed. Uh, there's some, you know, always new research and there's always new things that we learn about co-infections to put into our practice. Probably the thing that hasn't changed is the chasm between Lyme literate docs or ILADS physicians and IDSA, there's still, you know, a gap in patients. When they go to their doctor, their doctor will say, you know, well, I don't believe in, in ILADS approach. And then if the patient says, well, what's going on? They'll say, well, you don't have Lyme, but I don't know what it is. So there's, you know, I, I think it's really important for patients to understand the differences between the regular approach, which is which is important when you have a specialist uh, like infectious disease, they're, they're great for meningitis, they're great for acute sepsis. If you're in the hospital, you definitely want them. That's what they're trained in. Um, but they haven't, uh, Lyme is not a hospital illness, it's an ambulatory illness. So they're trained in the hospital. But when they get out of their training, they become Lyme specialists because they're infectious disease. So that, that, that split is still there. Uh, the, the testing, while it's gotten better, is still not sensitive. So one of the things I always impress on patients is it, Lyme is a clinical disease. If you have the symptoms, the tests are supportive or, or hopefully guide you, but it always should be your clinical impression. Um, I think uh, things that improved are many treatments that we now do. In other words, besides the antibiotics, there's herbal treatments, there's homeopathic treatments. I love ozone and uh, phototherapy uh, treatments. Lately, I'm doing a new treatment that's about a year old, which is called SOT, which is, you know, in some people, a game changer where uh, you take someone's blood and you send it to uh, a lab in Europe and they make up an mRNA, which people have heard of with COVID. Uh, but this particular right. mRNA goes right to bind to the DNA of the pathogen, be it Bartonella, be it Lyme, and then it can't replicate and it dies. And it can create a Herx-like antibiotics, but it doesn't have the treatment length that you need for antibiotics. Like if you're treating Bartonella, you may be treating for four to six months, if not more. But with the SOT, I'll give an example. I treated someone who had Bartonella symptoms for, for a year and was debating doing SOT. And then I did the SOT and two weeks later, she came in and said, what a game changer, 95% better. So when you, when you get that from a, a person with tick-borne disease, it's really gratifying because they, wow. they go through so many, you know, things with their illness. The Healthy Hotline is your go-to resource for leading-edge health technologies and is powered by Therisage. Therisage brings unique, healthy, infrared healing energy to the public in easy-to-use and affordable, high-quality products. 
To learn more about Therisage, as well as get a discount on your next purchase for being a listener of the show, go to therisage.com and enter Healthy Hotline at checkout. That's one word, Healthy Hotline, to get a special discount on your next Therisage purchase. 